I'm Anna Barnard. And I'm Maria Ramsey. And you're listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. Welcome back to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. Today, we're talking about our periods. This is something that unfortunately doesn't get talked about enough. And today we're going to talk a little bit about why we think that is, plus our own relationships to our periods, why they're actually very cool, and some exciting products and developments that we've noticed in the world of periods. But before we get into that whole discussion, what socks are you wearing, Anna? I am wearing a pair of socks that I believe I bought over my winter break this year. And they are predominantly navy blue with some little navy blue stripes on them. But the heel and the toe are orange. And I like how these socks have kind of both, like two colors going on. It's got like the warm color and the cool color. Got a little contrast, complementary, which, you know, as my mother tells me, variety is the spice of life. (laughs) So I like the multiple color combo we have going on with these socks. Fabulous. What socks are you wearing? My socks are black. They're just black. In contrast to your colorful, contrasting socks, Mm -hmm. mine have no colors at all. So what is exciting about these socks is not so much the socks themselves, but that at the moment they are providing a nice backdrop to my pants. I'm in pajamas right now, and I have these cute blue pajamas with these little red houses that have like little strings of Christmas lights on them and little evergreen trees. They're very wintry and cozy looking, and they look nice with my black socks. The other reason that I thought my black socks were appropriate for today is that they match my Thinks underwear that I wear when I have my period, because they're black. So, seemed appropriate. Very nice. Do you guys match your socks to your underwear? Let us know. I bet some, some of our listeners do. Yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> All right. So, Anna, as I said at the very beginning of this episode, we do not talk about our periods very often. Why do you think that is? Um... Well, this could have a multitude of answers, I think. I think one of the biggest reasons is because there's been a large stigma around periods for a really long time. Um, Like, historically and culturally, there have been. um, Not just, like, amongst individuals, but, like, societally. Um, Like, in ancient Christian societies and other religious societies... It was seen to be, like, impure if you were on your period, so you couldn't, like, go out of your house for a week if you had your period, um, and that still happens in certain countries around the world today, um, which is sad because it happens, like, once a month for a week. It's, like... It's a lot. Yeah, it happens it's a, a lot. lot of time yeah. and a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and... I think a lot of it has to do with it being a female process. Um, women have been disadvantaged more than men throughout history, and I think the stigma comes from the fact that this is a process that women go through, um, and I think it was used to kind of reinforce um, the subjugation of women in certain societies over time. Um, and I think also people just view it as like kind of quote-unquote gross which is kind of silly because again like it happens to half of the population for much of their lives so (laughs) 
and it's like a very natural process. So it's kind of silly, but I think that's probably where it comes from. Um, and I think nowadays, even though um, we don't have as much cultural um, like suppression of talking about it necessarily, I think people still don't talk about it because there's like this built up expectation that we don't talk about it. Um, and people are just like, uncomfortable about it because they've been taught to be uncomfortable about it even like if it's kind of subconsciously um so that's what i would say about it i don't know what do you think yeah i agree i think it's like definitely something that we've learned over time to be uncomfortable with and to hide like you said even though it's not as taboo to talk about it now it's still like is uncomfortable for a lot of people And I definitely agree with you. I think it does have something to do with the fact that it is something that female bodies go through and not males, because like, I, I feel like if men had periods, we wouldn't be so embarrassed about them. Um, and I also think, like you said, it is people just sort of view it as gross. I think for some reason, as a society, we just like to ignore a lot of our bodily functions. You know, like we don't like pooping in public restrooms. We put chemicals in our armpits so they don't sweat. Like, even though those are all really normal things for bodies to do, we like to pretend that we're these like pleasant smelling, perfectly clean, never gross creatures. But like, that's not not that those things are actually gross, but like. We're not perfectly clean and perfectly non-smelling all the time, you know? So, like, why why must we insist on keeping up the facade that we are? Yeah. I know it's silly because, again, like, everyone experiences these things, and then we don't talk about it. It's really weird. It's, yeah. It's very strange. Um, And I think, like, I think a lot of it stems from how like cultures have viewed the body over time um like i i'm in um a uh an academic program at my college right now um that's like five semesters long and we read um like the canon of like great books from like ancient greek philosophy up to like um like modern-ish authors um and we've been doing a lot of like christian texts recently and um like ancient philosophers like plato and there was like a huge emphasis on how like the body is like dirty and impure and we need to like distance ourselves from the body so we can like attain salvation or whatever and like i think a lot of this comes from like the built-up stigma that we've had like even though obviously like a lot of us don't think that like that specific way now like it's been ingrained into us that like there's something like inherently shameful about the way that we use our bodies um and i think a lot of it is just like ingrained into us even if we don't believe that i think it still manifests itself in certain ways like i i know that like i shouldn't be ashamed about my body but that doesn't mean that i like don't have problems with body image and I think a lot of it mm-hmm. comes from like societal pressures and it's like really it's really unfortunate because it's like you only get one body your whole life and you're stuck in your body and your body is like really great and really amazing and does a lot of really cool things for you and allows you to experience the world in a lot of really cool ways. So I don't really get why we like hate on the body, but it's weird. It's silly. I yeah, that's so true. <laughs> And like you said, our bodies are like how we experience the world around us. Like that's how we can yeah. see and feel exactly. and taste and everything. So like it's this really amazing thing that we're able to experience. Plus it gives us like if you're disconnected from your body. I feel like that's a big disadvantage to your health because you don't know what's going on with it until something goes seriously wrong. But if you're like more attuned to sort of the everyday things that are happening. If you're paying attention to your period and your poop and stuff like that, then you have like more little clues about what's going on in your body. Yeah. And you only get one. You have exactly. to take care we of it. We have to take care of it. Our poor little bodies. Yeah. And we put them through so much. Indeed. Yeah. So it's silly, but yeah, I think a lot of it is like, um, 
historical cultural things that have transitioned throughout time and just like left this impact on us um from like really influential people throughout history um and dating like way way back Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy but um i do think that it like again even though it doesn't manifest itself in the same way there's still like this like weird shame thing going on around yeah Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it is subconscious that we've picked up from previous generations over time. Because that's just that's how we learn a lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And for cultures today that um, still have this expectation for women that they can't um, go do things if they are on their periods or if they don't have like supplies that um, they can use to um, like sanitary supplies or whatever like tampons and pads and stuff like that um then they have to stay at home and for like young women who should be going to school that's like missing a week of school each month and it's Mm -hmm. they easily drop out really fast because of that and it's all because of like their period which happens to every female and like they can't do anything about it and it's just like their natural bodily function and it limits them from like obtaining an education that's so and sad. And it's awful. Yeah. yeah, it's really awful. So, yeah, we need to talk about this stuff more. I agree. Well, I know for myself, I didn't used to always be so comfortable talking about my period or like even I I did used to think it was gross and I was more embarrassed about it when I was younger. Um, so I'm wondering, Anna, how... How has your relationship to your period changed over time? Yeah. Um, well, I think definitely when I was younger, I was like more self-conscious about it and stuff because well, when you're younger, you're also like less self-aware about this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like also kind of freaky when you get it the first time and you're trying to figure yeah. all that out. <laughs> the first time I got my period was um, our swim unit in middle school. No. In gym. <laughs> so That's terrible. Like I remember having to like sit on the edge of the pool like in my gym clothes and just like watch everyone swim. Um and then like guys come up and ask you and they're like, "Oh, like are you injured or sick or whatever?" and you're like, "Yeah." Like what do you, you know what I mean? Like so, so yeah. like from that perspective, I mean, like, now, if that happened to me, I'd probably tell them that I was on my period. Like, I think I'd be okay with doing that. Um, but back then, like, I definitely wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've never been, like, particularly, um, like, discreet with it necessarily, though, in, like, um, an abnormal way or anything. Like, I think I've been, like, pretty much similar to a lot of people in that, like, I like hide tampons and pads when I go to the bathroom with them or whatever and then I don't usually talk about it to a lot of people um but recently being in college <laughs> this is kind of funny but my group of friends ends up talking about periods like so much <laughs> I don't know why like always comes up in topics of conversation with us which is kind of hilarious um but yeah, I mean, so I've, like, in the last couple of years, I think I've been able to, like, talk about it a lot more. But I still, like, I still hide sanitary products when I go to the bathroom, I think. Which, honestly, yeah. it's, like, why do we do that? Again, like, this happens. But we all do. Right, right. <laughs> like, like periods, like, if you're in a room with, I don't know, like, 50 people, like, a quarter to a half of those people are probably on their periods. I don't know. Like, give or take. Yeah. Um. And it's just, like, why not just, like, I mean, you don't have to, like, flaunt it around, (laughs) but, like, just, like, hold it in your hand when you walk to the bathroom or something, like, because we all know that it happens to us. And if people do that more, too, I think it'll start more conversations and, like, destigmatize it more. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, an easy thing to do. So... Yeah, I think I've I'm like definitely more confident in talking about it and stuff, but there's still things that I can do because I think we are still at a point where we're not really sure like how that's going to be received by other people if we like walk to the bathroom with just like a tampon in our hand or something. Um Yeah. But I think it's getting better. I think there are more people talking about it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. 
Well, for me, what you were saying about like hiding something when you go to the bathroom, there's always the question of like, what is like if a kid sees it and their parents are concerned because mm. they like haven't talked about it yet or like some uninformed guy who just is like, what's that thing you're holding? And I like don't feel like having the whole conversation with him yeah. <laughs> at that moment. Right. But like those are conversations that need to happen, I think. But and obviously, yeah. like, it is a personal choice. Like, it's a comfort thing. Like, if you don't want to do that, then, like, that's totally fine. But if you if you feel that it's just annoying that you have to do that, then, like, yeah, just start, like, holding it by your side when you walk to the bathroom. Um, and I think it will start to destigmatize it more. But, like, obviously, this isn't, like, a you should be doing this so we can, like, forward right, this movement right. of talking about periods. <laughs> like, it's a personal thing. I mean, you need to do whatever you, you have to do to be comfortable with your own body. But I think that's something that I would want to work on for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I have definitely gotten more comfortable with my period over time, too. I I was actually kind of excited when I first got it because I got it kind of late. So I was like, oh, finally, like, I I am a girl and I am getting older, you know? I think I kind of felt like that, too, when I got mine, mm -hmm. because I think I got mine, like, later in proportion to when I, like, started puberty, because I, like, started mm -hmm. puberty pretty early, but then I, like, got my period later than some other people, so I remember feeling that way, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I'm not the last person on the earth to get it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but... But I definitely was, like, kind of embarrassed about it, and it was just this, like, annoying thing that I had to deal with. There was really nothing good about it in my mind, except that it was a sign that I was, like, growing up and progressing normally. But then I actually lost it for a long time. I, I don't know exactly what caused that. I think it's because I, for whatever reason, lost a bunch of weight, not on purpose, but I did. And then I didn't have a period for a long time. So, and like for a while that was fine. I was like, yes, I don't have to deal with this thing. Like I don't have to worry about getting supplies every month or like having to explain why I'm not swimming or anything like that. Like you were talking about, but then after a while I started kind of learning more about health and wellness and how your period is actually a really important sign of like how your body is doing how your health is doing so I was really excited when I got it back after not having it for several years so I have much more appreciation for it now maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder as they say <laughs> but I I really appreciate it more as like this really cool thing that my body can do even if it's kind of inconvenient at times yeah for sure that's so. interesting i've like had somewhat similar experiences to that i haven't lost it for that um long of a time but I like certain instances in my life, I think, have like affected my period. I've like never had a regular period yet mm -hmm. for more than like a few months, I don't think. Um, and one of those reasons is like in high school, I did cross country. And when you exercise really intensely, um, like pretty regularly, that can sometimes stop your period. Yeah. I, yeah. So I know like other athletes sometimes like haven't had their period for years because they're working out so much and they don't have like enough body fat on them to um, signal to your body that you are able to carry a child and then your body doesn't have a period. Um, mm -hmm. I also, this year has been really weird because I've gone through so many transitions and I think it's really affected my body. Um, and I think that might be one of the reasons why my friends at college talk so much about periods is because we've all been kind of experiencing similar things with that um, because hmm. college is such like a big transition and it's such like a big thing for your body to adjust to, like not just your mind, but like you're living in a different place and you're eating different food and you're on a different schedule. And so I know my period has been affected by that. Um, 
this past year, I got really sick for a while. And then right after I got sick, I went on an international trip. And so that like threw my body for a loop. And I didn't have a period for like two or three months after that. So I've definitely had experiences where um, like my body has been put under like a lot of stress. And then my period doesn't come for a while. And so I've kind of learned to appreciate it more, too, because it kind of signals to me that, like, my body is, like, finally being regulated a little more. Like, even though it's inconvenient when it comes, it's almost like kind of a relief when it comes because it's like, okay, like, we're back on track sort of thing. Um, So I can, like, kind of speak to that in a way that you can. But I've noticed it in more, like, individual circumstances than rather, like, a huge block of time, I guess. Yeah. Well, and stress, like you were saying, stress, that has a lot to do with your periods and your hormonal Mm -hmm. health. And I think what you're talking about, like athletes not having their period for a long time or how I didn't have my period for a long time because I was probably underweight or like undernourished. I think that is a form of long term stress that your body is going through. And that's one of the reasons that you're not having a period. So that's definitely an important factor to consider. Right. Yeah, and again, it doesn't have to be, like, this conscious, like, mental stress. It can be, like, stress that your body goes through over time that your body's experiencing, and then it can manifest itself that way. Yeah. And it can be the mental and emotional stress, too. It can also be that. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've sometimes noticed that mine, like, is later (laughs) than I expect if I'm stressed out more than normal. Right. So. That makes sense. That's an interesting thing, too. But one thing that has made me really appreciate my period more recently is thinking about it as a cycle instead of just like a few days where you're bleeding and then a bunch of days where you're not bleeding. Because like the word period, even like if you think about math class in high school, a period is a cycle. It like goes up and then it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. So learning more about like what my body is doing during the different phases of my cycle because it's not just the bleeding phase you have four different phases during your cycle so like learning about what's happening in each of those phases has helped me to appreciate the cyclical nature of my body and just like respect the fact that my body is not going to perform exactly the same my mind is not going to perform exactly the same on every single day throughout the month because I have varying levels of different hormones and that's okay and I don't need to like push to exercise really hard or work really hard when I'm on my period and I'm just really tired and don't feel like doing anything yeah so that's been really helpful for sure I have not heard about the four stages thing can you briefly explain them sure I I can't speak to all the like hormonal stuff that's going on behind the scenes. I've read a lot of stuff about it and listened to stuff, but I don't recall all the details. But you first you have your follicular phase, which is so that's like right after you get your period when you're done bleeding your follicular phase. And that usually is associated with having like more energy. And I think your hormone levels are generally lower during that time. And then your ovulatory phase, which is when you're ovulating. So like we we hear about that somewhat, like when the egg is coming out, getting ready to go. And then the luteal phase is the sort of preparing your body for the period, like preparing the uterine lining or whatever it is. And then the menstrual phase is when it sheds. So basically, that's a quick overview. We can link to some... Um, resources that have more information about those because I've listened to some good podcasts and read some books about that that have been much more in depth okay cool yeah that's awesome no I think like the more we know about it too like the more interested in our periods we become like the more we want to like take care of our bodies in relation to it and like be curious about it yeah Yeah, definitely. And I was kind of shocked when I started learning about this that, like, no one ever told me that there were four phases to my period. I've never heard that. I didn't know that. I just thought I bled for a few days and, like, that was your period. But, yeah, it was really eye-opening to learn more about what is actually going on during the rest of the month. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is something that has to do with this being... Uh, female thing also because our 
society is very it's like built more around a male point of view and a male what am i trying to say here it was like designed by men basically yes and their hormones are fluctuating throughout the day different kinds of hormones but they don't have the same sort of like monthly ish cycle that we're going through so i think that maybe because of that or partially because of that we have this expectation as a culture that we should be able to perform the same way every day but like i was saying learning about the different parts of my cycle has helped me to appreciate the fact that I don't need to perform exactly the same every day because that's just what my body is doing and it's perfectly natural and I'm not a man. <laughs> right. That's interesting because I've never really thought of like, like usually when I have like mood fluctuations or whatever, I don't immediately think about like my menstrual cycle in regards to that and like my hormone levels. I just think about like if I'm having a good or a bad day. And I can easily, like, get frustrated over that if I'm having, like, a bad day for no apparent reason. Um, but I feel like if I were able to kind of, like, tie it back to that and just be like, this is what my body's doing for the day, then I'd be able to, like, be more accepting about that. So I definitely, yeah. like, want to learn more about how all the hormones kind of work. Because I, d I do think you really forget the fact that, like, it's a cycle, like, that continually happens. It's not just, like, done when you stop bleeding. Um, like your hormones are always at like a certain level in comparison to your to your cycle. Yeah. Well, and this helped me with exactly what you were saying about like sometimes I'll have a really bad day or feel like super mood swingy and have no idea why and I'm just like really frustrated with myself. But then if I take a moment to think like, oh, like is this the luteal phase before my period? Yes. That explains things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I am more compassionate with myself because I can see like the biological reason behind how I'm feeling. Yeah, definitely. It makes me feel more okay about it. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that I think periods are really cool because it can sort of help you appreciate the cyclical nature of your body. That's what it's done for me and like teaching me that it's okay sometimes to rest or that it's okay for me sometimes to have these weird moods and it's just like a thing that I'm going through. It's not forever. Um, it's nice to have some, sometimes these like physical reminders to stop and rest before we burn out, especially during our periods. Yeah, definitely. Are there any other things that you think are particularly cool about periods, Anna? Um, well, let's see. I think, um, well, first of all, like, the reason why we have periods is so that we can give birth, which is kind of cool, because <laughs> birth is really awesome and amazing, if you think about it. Like, even if you don't want to have kids, like, the fact that we can have kids it's kind of cool like that whole process of like yeah, life the fact giving that it's is even insane. an option yeah so yeah i think that's really fascinating um i i again that it boggles my mind why there's so much stigma around periods because i'm like it's literally to make more people so we can like <laughs> contribute to society and no one would be here if it weren't for periods you know? Yeah. Well, I wonder if part of the stigma, too, has to do with the fact that it is so wild and mysterious and yeah. complicated. Because, like, yes, that's really cool that our periods have to do with the fact that we can give birth. And, like, yes, we want to continue our species. But there's this sort of, like, mysterious, like, well, how does it get from a period where you're just bleeding to, like, a person, you know? We can go into the science of that, but I think that's just a, that is a really hard thing to wrap your mind around. Yeah, for sure. And I think that things like that that are mysterious and that we don't understand, we tend to be a little scared of. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting that, like, <clears throat> there's so, I don't know, because we don't talk about it, um, like, men especially don't really know that much about periods. 
Um, That's like, so true. I don't know about you, but like during sex ed <laughs> in middle school, like they split us up when we talked about periods yep. and stuff. Which I don't, I don't get why they do that. Like, like men should know about this. Like it's the other half of the earth. I'm sorry. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> I agree. Um, but apparently, like on, oh my god, I don't know the specifics of this. My sister has told me this story before. But um, on like a trip to space, um like a group of astronauts were going up to space and one of the astronauts is female and the other were male and they were like getting ready for the um the trip and like the men came up to the female and they had gotten like 10 boxes of tampons or something and they were like is this gonna like be okay for like our month-long trip or whatever (laughs) it's just like oh my goodness like we should just like be talking about it so like men are able to talk about it too and like like yeah. men have lots of females in their lives who they should like be like know what's going on with that and like be able to like sympathize with them and talk about it and like know generally like how a period works and like what happens when we get our periods and things like that because like that's I'm sorry but that's ridiculous that like they like I agree it's, like, not not ridiculous <laughs> like I'm not blaming them or anything but like it's ridiculous that like that should be like a situation where me- like this is something that happens to 50% of the population all the time and like men like the other half of the population are so like unaware of it not by their mm-hmm. own fault either but like just because we don't talk about it with them and we don't educate them about it it's so well, and that makes it more mysterious yeah. that so many people don't know what's going on, which makes it more stigmatized. And especially since, unfortunately, a lot of our systems are still like have been put in place by men and a lot of them are still run by men. A lot of those are probably people who do not fully appreciate or understand periods, which is sad. Yep. And that's only going to continue the problem it's a if we don't educate them. Cycle. Yes. Just like a menstrual cycle. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, in uh-huh. all seriousness, though, like... <gasps> so frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating. What's the solution to this? Should we have, like... I guess you said combining sex ed. Yeah, okay, that's one thing. That would make sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, like, totally, like reinforces the idea that like this should be a separate conversation we're having and like this is solely a female thing and which is just ridiculous yeah i mean i get how like sometimes it could be helpful because the kids would feel more comfortable in like a room of all girls talking about it but maybe there should be like a presentation to everybody and then they lit up for some discussion or something i think it still reinforces this idea though that like women should be ashamed about it like we have to like yeah put you yeah. off into this separate room so we can talk That's about true. this like even <clears throat> i think it's important for females to like have a space where they can feel comfortable talking about it but i don't think that would have to be the case if men were educated about it like i think yeah that, like part of that is just true. still from the fact that like it is so stigmatized so we feel like we need to like talk about it together so like we're comfortable with it and obviously i don't want to like diminish mm-hmm. anyone's experiences of like being uncomfortable about it like that's like perfectly normal but i do think like it would be that wouldn't be as much the case if we did just like have these conversations with all of us involved i agree i think if that was the norm and like had been for years we would have less stigma around it. I think the tricky thing is like transitioning from this place where it's been so stigmatized to trying to get it less stigmatized where we still feel uncomfortable about it. But we like know that we shouldn't. But yeah, I agree with you. Indeed. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like what else we can do. I think I think there's more conversations being had. um, And I think, like, the individual aspect of it is really important still, like, just being able to talk about it, like, whenever, like, if you and your friends are talking about your periods walking down the hallway, like, you don't have to lower your voice or whatever, like, if that's something Mm -hmm. that you want to do, I think that will have an effect eventually if we start doing things like that, but I think also, like, there needs to be, 
like organizations that are starting conversations about it too and i think that's starting to happen i think there are yeah i think it is so that's really exciting it is i feel like there have been a lot a lot more conversations happening about periods and women's health recently which is exciting definitely no it's really cool and one other reason why periods are cool we mentioned this a little bit earlier but i just think it's amazing that you have this like clue that gives you insight into what's going on in your body because it's giving you all this information like how long your period is how long your cycle is like the color when you're bleeding the symptoms you're experiencing before or during like those can all be signs that tell you things about what your hormones are doing whether they're in balance and your hormones of course do not exist in vacuum like they're related to other things in your body like your digestive health your stress your blood sugar regulation um so it can really give you a lot of information and there are some good resources out there to help you kind of decode the messages that your period is giving you plus like working with a doctor who's interested in digging into some of this information like i worked with a a naturopath i still work with her and she she's very interested in like going into the the details of like what my period is telling me so that's been helpful yeah for sure no i think it it makes you more aware of what else is going on in your body like i think also there's this this has been an idea i think for a long time that like our body is made up of different parts and we need to like treat them all in certain ways but also like our body is a system that like all the parts work together especially like the body and the mind work together um and i think treating the period as another part of your body as a whole and recognizing it that way is a really helpful way to be able to look at our health in a more comprehensive way too definitely i very much believe that we need to look at our bodies more holistically and not try to isolate specific systems or parts of our body because it just it doesn't work that way our bodies are not just like a bunch of parts glued together right they're all interconnected so we mentioned that there were some cool exciting things happening in the world of periods so i thought we could talk a little bit about some of those this is definitely not a complete list just a few things that we wanted to mention so first there are a bunch of apps for tracking your cycle now which can help you kind of figure out what's going on with your period because as we mentioned before it can be a really useful tool in figuring out what's going on with your body but if you're not used to really paying attention to it like if somebody just asks you like how long how many days is your cycle normally or like what color is it or how do you feel before you get your period like you might not know the answer unless you've really been paying attention so i think that a lot of the apps that are out now can be really helpful in helping you see what's actually going on um and a lot of them are used are like promoted as things to plan your pregnancy like tools for that to know when you're fertile which of course they're useful for that for that but i also think it's just so useful just to have more of an understanding of what's going on in your body even if you have no desire to get pregnant right now um so one of the apps is Kendara. That's the one that I use. So I can't really speak to the effectiveness of any other apps, but I know there are a bunch out there. Um, and Kendara actually, it's pretty cool. They have this thermometer that like connects directly to the app. So you, if you like take your temperature in the morning, that can give you a clue as to where you are in your cycle. So I just think that's really cool. That's this like women's health technology that is cool that is helping a lot of people yeah i haven't used the thermometer but i just think that's cool yeah i use um the app called clue which Mm -hmm. um like that one's cool because uh, yeah it's really great if like you want to be trying to plan a pregnancy and you want to use those apps for it like that's awesome but clue doesn't really have an aspect of that um 
like obviously you could probably use it to plan your pregnancy but that's like not really what it's suited to um Mm -hmm. it's more just you put in the different at like elements of what's going on each day um even if you're not bleeding again you just put in like like mood and things like that um and what's really cool about it is, is you can control which things you want to measure so there's like a ton of them like you can measure measure like motivation and productivity and exercise and how you're uh, yeah like all all these kinds of things which is cool um and a lot of it is not like clue is going to analyze it for you but it's more like so you can see it and look at them and start noticing patterns and it Mm -hmm. also as much as clue doesn't like analyze your specific cycle as much apart from like your fertility area and your um area of like actually bleeding it um it does give you information on each thing that you can measure so they have a description of like why measuring it might be helpful oh okay. um, and like that's what really you cool. can look for and it's like it's really easy to use so that's one that i would definitely recommend as well yeah cool it's got a really nice visual of just like seeing your it has like this visual of like a circle so you can kind of see like your cycle and like what day it's on but it also gives you like a calendar view so you can see like what's going on as well um and so that's really neat in order to like also have this visual of kind of like what's going on um during your cycle yeah cool that's one that i would also recommend nice and then one other thing in terms of developments in the world of periods besides apps is all the alternative menstrual products. So like normally we just think about pads and tampons, but there's a lot of other options. There's period underwear, like from Thinks and Luna pads. They both make kind of different kinds of period underwear. I I have tried some from both. I really like the Thinks ones. They work quite well. Um, and then there are cups, like the Diva Cup, and a whole bunch of other brands. And then there are sponges which I know some people really like. And the nice thing about all those things is that they're reusable, which like I know maybe sounds gross at first if you're not used to it because um, you have to wash them out. You have to be comfortable with washing out your own blood, which can be a little disconcerting at first. But it's, I think it's a really great option because you don't have to be left with this giant pile of trash at the end of your few days of bleeding, which always just feels like kind of sad to me. Like, look how much waste I just produced. <laughs> Does that really need to go in a landfill? So I think these are nice options if they work for you. And they might not. That's okay. But I think it's cool to know that there are all these other options out there. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, it's so much more environmentally friendly to use these things. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. I Also, like, it's expensive to buy tampons and pads all the time. Yeah. Like, there are still luxury taxes on tampons, which Which is is ridiculous. ridiculous. It's so silly. Oh my goodness. But that is still a thing. Like, someone explain (sighs) this to me, but it's still a thing. Um... And yeah, it's so much more environmentally friendly and economically friendly um, to buy like a menstrual cup or a period underwear. So like I've been really interested in trying this. Um, this is like one of the things that my friends and I talk about. Um, like some of my friends use menstrual cups. So like we have conversations about like how you might use them and stuff because obviously it's going to be very different than using like a tampon or a pad. Um, but again, like having conversations about using them too like having a space for you to talk about that if you're nervous about using them or don't know how to use them there's like articles online i know buzzfeed has good articles on like how to use um menstrual cups from like people who have tried them and things like that um so that's another way to like start conversations and stuff too or just like become more comfortable with with those things so we can um, be more environmentally friendly if that's something that we're interested in doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's useful to, to like talk to your friends about what they're using yeah. because like you said, I, I don't know, it's like kind of mysterious sometimes if you like hear about these things called menstrual cups or period underwear, it's like, 
that sounds kind of cool, but like kind of weird. And I don't know if I want to try it. So it's useful, I think, to talk to your friends and like see what they've tried, what's worked for them. And obviously what worked for them might not be what works for you. But I think it's helpful to talk to some real people instead of just seeing ads online and being kind of mystified by them. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's really good to have people to talk to about that if you can find them, because Again, like, I don't know a lot about menstrual cups, but I kind of want to start using them. And if I didn't have people to talk to about them, I think I'd be way more nervous with using them. So, yeah. And again, like you said, if you don't have a person that you feel like you want to talk to about this, there are a lot of articles online and videos online of, like, people talking about how to use them or their experience. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some resources out there if you give it a Google. Right. Exactly. Um, one other thing that I want to talk about, um, in regards to periods, which isn't necessarily, like, um, like, a product for, well, it kind of is, but there's this organization called, um, Days for Girls. It's a nonprofit organization that I've worked with a little bit, um, but what they do is it's worldwide and there's different chapters in different places, so I've worked with a chapter in Minnesota that's fairly close to me, um, and they make reusable period supplies and send them to women in other countries who don't have access to period supplies. And again, mm. like I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, how um, there's women who have to miss school and then end up dropping out of school because they're using like leaves and branches and things like that for um, sanitary supplies. So this makes like a huge difference. And I think their goal is to have like everyone with period products by like 2020 or 2025 or something like it's awesome that's so cool um and the things that they make are all reusable so they're all made out of cloth and they're made out of like different colored cloth and stuff so it looks pretty like inconspicuous so um unfortunately for women who do live in countries where it is very shameful to have periods um although it's really sad that that's the case they can like hang these things up to dry and they don't look like period supplies and they easily dry Mm -hmm. in the sun um and it's just it's really awesome it's really amazing and you can get involved in these chapters and just go to like chapter meetings and help them with stuff or if you start a chapter you can like be a part of like the sewing these things and and getting them off to places and getting supplies or you can just donate um but we can link to that and the the idea is that like it literally gives girls like days back to their lives because um like it has such a big impact on on them so it's super cool. This is so exciting. Yeah, it's really I didn't know this awesome. existed. I have like chills because I'm so excited. Yeah, it's really, really incredible. Um, oh. And it's really like, it was so fun working with the chapter that I worked with. Um, It's really cool. Yeah, I like don't have any, like I have so many good things to say about it. Um, So I want to do this. What's it called? Days for Days Girls? Days for Girls. Yeah. So we will link to this. Um, Get involved if you can. You can, I'm sure there's somewhere on their website where you can like look if there's chapters in your area and stuff but um yeah it's super exciting it's really yeah. awesome yeah yeah so and they send them like oh, i'm all glad that she said that yeah so very cool mm-hmm. i like that that they're focused on making reusable stuff too because i feel like i have definitely seen a lot of organizations that are like just sending pads and tampons to places where people don't have access which is amazing and wonderful but also my thought is always like how long is that gonna last them you know like a couple months and the problem with that is that there's not always places to dispose of them exactly and then, like that's a problem again and it's a lot of waste yeah, there's, too. it's a problem in countries where like it is shameful to have your periods because then if like you're just like leaving the waste out somewhere then it's like obvious that that like you have your period right. and that can be right. really um like dangerous in certain situations for women yeah so yeah like they've thought this through it's really incredible um and the um period kits that they send women last like three years that's so cool i'm so excited yeah thank you for telling me about this yeah for sure no it's oh yeah it's awesome (laughs) i it's so cool yeah all right our call to action for today first of all tell us if you join days for girls that sounds cool 
Also, tell us if you match your socks to your underwear. I'm curious. Yeah, please tell us. We want to know. Also, this is a lot of calls to action for today. Also, you can send us the emoji. 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 You can send us the emoji of the water droplet on our social media to signify your appreciation of bodily fluids and the cycles of nature. And if you want to tell us more about your period experiences or your thoughts, we would love to hear those too, of course. But if you'd prefer not to share the details, that's fine. You can just stick with the water droplet. Exactly. We're interested in having conversations if you are. Yes. Do you have a quote for us today, Anna? So the quote that I picked out is a traditional Native American saying, and it is, at her first bleeding, a woman meets her power. During her bleeding years, she practices it. At menopause, she becomes it. Which I thought was kind of cool, because I think it recognizes um, menstruation as, like, this thing that teaches us about ourselves and doesn't, like, diminish us in any way, but it actually empowers us. Um, And I think it views life as like this learning process sort of about how we not just have a relationship with our mind and our like consciousness, but also our body and how that's really instrumental to our whole being in general. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode about our periods, and we hope that you'll stay with us for next week. We're going to be talking about stress, which is something that we all deal with, and it's definitely a part of our lives as young adults and as people who have lots of creative interests and goals. So we hope you'll join us for that discussion next week. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and leave us a review on iTunes. We really love to hear your feedback, um, and it helps more people find the show and also lets us know what specifically you like and want to hear more of. So please leave a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. You can find show notes for this episode at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 026. And Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Please get in touch with us. We would really love to hear from you. Our email is neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. And you can also get in touch with us through our social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at neverwearboringsocks and on Twitter at noboringsocks. Many thanks to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, for doing our audio editing. And to him and Martha Barnard for their help on our music. Again, thank you so much for listening this week. And until next time, never wear boring socks.